Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is July 17th, 2019, otherwise known as New Comic Book Day, and welcome to the Talking Comics Podcast. You're listening to episode number 399. We made it. One more until the big show. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. A belated happy birthday to Kelly Sue DeConnick, who first appeared on our show nearly eight years ago today, July 19th, 2012. Wow. Happy birthday, Kelly Sue. I was doing some podcast math myself earlier when writing out a little script for the uh, 400th show and realized that it has almost been, it'll be eight years this October, this October 17th to be exact. And uh, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, Joey Riccino is also here. Yeah, all thanks to that new 52, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Blah. also, Sarah Miles is here. I feel like the new kid on the block now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a baby over here. Yeah, but you've been uh, with but us. You were part of our family since the very, very beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you can't get rid of me. You're stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have that podcast <laughs> grime on your uh, on your boat sides, as it were. Barnacle. Barnacles. My, my sides are barnacle-free, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Sarah might not have, have the time, she certainly has the podcast loads worth, because you've been rocking over at Ladies of Valhalla for 14 episodes now, and you host that mother, and that is a mm. big job. We have hit a full year now of episodes coming out because we did a couple of, of extra ones. So where is that year gone? Honestly. It's pretty yeah. wild. I know where it went, but I can't talk about it because it makes me sad. <laughs> Life, it's crazy. It's crazy. We'll talk a lot more about this stuff uh, <laughs> next week when we let loose our 400th our podcast. Existential despair next week. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Episode I'm three. sure it'll come up at some point with some of the questions that I have planned. I want to get to know <laughs> you guys. I want to get inside your heads, oh, inside no, you your don't. hearts. And no, you don't. It's, it's yeah. dark and dirty yeah. and there are cobwebs. Yeah, I want you to and take a couple real bad things hanging out there. You ever and... see The Cell with Vincent D'Onofrio yes. and Jennifer yes. Lopez? That's my brain. Nope. I think my brain's more the Babadook. did you guys get that stop motion animation thing called trapdoor because that's basically what mine is but i think that's a very uniquely british program no i don't know no i don't know that one trapdoor yeah like it was little um plasticine stop motion animation no popped into my brain today prometheus and bob that popped into my brain today from kablam or whatever on nickelodeon i don't remember that at all no no i don't remember wow I'm young. Nope. 
I had I, more nightmare dental work done yesterday, and they left the Disney Channel on while I was in the chair. <laughs> and I had no choice but to watch this show. I think it's called like Ricky, Dicky, Dale, and uh, something. I'm already their out. Name. Uh, oh my god, it was un fathomably bad i know that it's a kids program i know it's not meant for me but whatever it is so insulting it is so insulting everybody on that show is obnoxious and i hate it all right <laughs> <laughs> let's move on we uh let's see here oh i want to put out a quick thank you to dr carolyn coca who joined us last week it had been quite some time since we had uh, a podcast with Carolyn, and it was lovely to have her on. So, yeah. Carolyn, if you're listening, thank you very much. It was a great episode, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed it was. Uh, let's see here. 400th podcast listener question reminder. This is it, folks. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not sent us a question at Talking Comics on Twitter or podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com, you only have a few days left to do so. And we only have a couple spots left because we do have a lot going on that show. But we would love to hear from you. It would be nice. Uh, And remember, the questions can be about anything. They don't necessarily have to be about comics. They could be about all sorts of things. Lawn care. Yeah. 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 Who's your favorite Bond? You know, like that kind of thing. Reading rituals. How many many minutes too long to brush your teeth? That kind of thing. (laughs) How many Lego sets do you have in your home? None. No, I got, a, I got a big Millennium Falcon on my uh, on my TV stand right now. Spoilers for 400, Joey. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that that was an actual question. <laughs> it might be. Uh, uh, talk about feeling old, Joey. I don't think they had invented Lego when I was a kid. Boy. We had Lincoln Logs. Oh, I love erect- Erector sets and things yep. like that. Yep, I played with both of those when I was a kid. Man, I could go into some stories, but I won't because we're here to do some comic book we'll stuff. Do it. We'll do it on the 400. <laughs> uh, real quick, semi-comic semi book related because I did find some when I was in there. I would like to make an announcement. After over two years of ferrying stuff back and forth from Niagara Falls, New York to London, Ontario, my storage unit is closed. Yeah! <laughs> Our hey, suit of armor is I'm in our library. Is your suit of armor made the trip finally? Yeah. Yeah, he got his papers, <laughs> and we brought him over, and the border guards messed with me by telling my mother-in-law that I said that she was old. Um, they were very happy because they, they, they've seen me a couple of times going over the border, and both the toll booth person and the border agent uh, decided to screw with me by by basically telling my mother-in-law and my aunt that I said a bunch of crap about them when I pulled up. Huh? So, <laughs> never mind that I paid their tolls or gave them gave them their own manifest for bringing my stuff over, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's done. I could not be happier. Everything went real smoothly. I even met somebody that was uh, going through their unit across from mine and ended up giving them a bunch of my old furniture. Uh, so I helped somebody out on top, and she helped me out by taking that stuff so I didn't have to bring it to the dump, which cost $165 a ton. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a ton. Whatever you put on that scale each time is $165. That's crazy. That's the price is right. You have to bid under, you know. Yeah. Ah. No, well, that's because hey man, trash has to go should somewhere. be reused or recycled, not oh, gone, sure. treated as waste. Sure. 
This I is literally was, what I do every day. I'm to, sorry. It's good to have an expert. Yes. <laughs> I was very happy that those things were able to find a home, particularly my dad's reclining chair, because I was not able to bring that back with me. But now it is at somebody else's place and they can enjoy it. Nice. All right. Yep. I'm excited. Enough about me, though. Let's do some lightning rounds. <laughs> oh, I got Shazam in the mail today. I'm Why? watching it, hopefully. Because I want to watch it again. <laughs> I just had someone offer me a free one, and it's like, eh, do I want it? Uh, when I Best say that I'm going to watch a movie ever. a second time to give it another chance, I mean it. I'm a man of my word, yeah. and I, w- I would like to watch it again. You know what movie what? is lit, though? Spider-Verse. I watched that again this past weekend, and that movie is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will save some movie. I know I watched uh, Homecoming again just the other night with friends, and oh, their nice. kids hadn't seen it, and they were in awe. I love Homecoming so much. Yep. Nice. I love Spider Man. Wait, was was Homecoming the first one or the latest one? That was I the first so one. Confused. First one oh, okay. with the high school one. Yeah, the yeah. better one. The better one. Yep. Yep. That's fine. Okay. I get confused. They both have home in the title. It's yeah. We're done here. Sorry. Next one will be Home Alone, Spider-Man Home Alone. I would die, and it's a Christmas movie. I would die if it's Spider-Man Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) With Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. The Wet Bandits. All right, Bob, are you ready to start this thing off? Sure. All righty. You have five minutes on the clock, and go just because I'm going to lead off with Betty Page Unbound Number 2 by David Avalone, Julius Oda, Ellie Wright, and Taylor Esposito, which is part two of the Crisis on Infinite Bettys. Last issue, Ms. Page found herself acting as Red Sonia, but here Betty is sparring with the dread Yogg-Sothoth as she takes up the persona of Vampirella. Great piece of metafun, and I will certainly recommend picking up the trade later in the year particularly as Dynamite usually includes an alternate cover gallery. And considering this one has a cover completely channeling George Perez's Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's a must-see alternate. Briefly, I guess, another book featuring an iconic female character in an unfamiliar role is Invisible Woman Number 1 by Mark Wade, Mattia de Eulis, and that gives us Susan Storm Richards as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Mr. Wade had a nice run on Fantastic Four some years back, so I have high hopes for the five-issue miniseries. That said, I found this opener a bit exposition-heavy, but I thought the setup provided by that to be pretty well done. So I think the cliffhanger promises some fun ahead. So all in all, I thought a successful launch. Catwoman 13 by Joel Jones with art by Fernando Blanco and Hugo Patrias. Brings together story elements from throughout the run in a very, very satisfying, though grim, tale. I've been enjoying this series even more of late, as I fear its demise might be on the horizon. And that feeling was heightened by seeing three absolutely gorgeous pages of art by by Ms. Jones that forms a lead into the coming year of the villain, the offer issues that are two months out. Finally... Wonder Woman 74 by G. Willow Wilson features some truly breathtaking moments during its final pages, particularly as they're illustrated by Zermonico, and they bring some 
very big pieces of Diana's world back together and takes into play elements from deep Wonder Woman, history, Wonder Woman history as well. And that includes a character most known from the films. I'm trying not to spoil here. You hear me flummoxing a little here. The finale of this issue elicited some really strong feelings, and with a promise of more to come in the big 75th issue next time around, look, the, the opening pages aren't bad by, by Jesus Marino. It's just they're rather generically superheroic and kind of devoid of, of the subtler nuances of expression that have made Zamonico's work the standout in Ms. Wilson's run. The last eight or nine pages of this are just stunning to look at, deeply emotional, just superb. On, on the run in general, I've very much enjoyed what G. Will Wilson has done so far, and if certain events go where it seems they might be headed, I'm, I would call this a wonderful start, what, what could be a stellar run, a historic run. On the other hand, the twice-monthly publishing schedule has wreaked havoc with the art, leaving some very poignant moments unfulfilled. So can I put my wish in here for less issues per year for one of my favorite characters? And <laughs> <laughs> from one of my favorite writers? And maybe we can have all of them as great as they should be? And can someone please call Nicholas Scott? Thank you. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, that's how that that's what it, that's what it's like with uh, Wonder Woman, huh, Bob? It's a great story with great characters, and some of the art is stellar. Some is just not as good as it sh- it, it should be for a book of this importance, a character of this magnitude. And you bring this writer to your company; she should be. She should be supported with the best art that the industry can give her. Hmm. I think I'm about four issues behind on that. I tend to kind of leave it until I've got a few to go through. Um, so, yeah, I might have to catch up on that at the weekend. Mm-hmm. You're going to love some stuff going on. I won't say too much more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you have you bolded it yet? For your list? Me? Yeah. Um, it's hard because it's, I will, I will definitely bold Ms. Wilson. Hmm. Uh, yeah. With invisible kingdom also on deck and finishing out yeah. Ms. Marvel. You never know. That's a good point. Mm. Let's see. Hmm. As woman for, yeah. Go. All right. You go first, Joey. And then I'll chime in. I liked it. Um, I think I, I I've been a fan of Matia de Ulysses artwork since she did, uh, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the work better there, though. Uh, something about the work here on Invisible Woman, I wasn't really as into the kind of energy of it for the for the book. Um, maybe if we get into like some deeper spy stuff, some more kind of noir feeling stuff, then then mm-hmm. Ulysses' work might artwork might might be good for it. But this is kind of like. Even though it's like, oh, Susan's a spy kind of thing, like it's still pretty big action stuff, you know. <laughs> like, so, um, and I think that Matia de Ulysses' work is 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 better suited for kind of that more cloak and daggery kind of stuff. Um, I do love the Nick Fury bits. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's a really cool uh, setup issue. Um, I I wasn't as hooked though, uh, but again, I don't necessarily have the kind of history with the character. Um, it's cool. 
that that it exists, and I'll I'll definitely stick around for a couple of issues. Uh, I I I do like the kind of hook here. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but mm-hmm. I think I need another issue to kind of see. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was admittedly really weirded out by it for the first couple of pages. The whole cloak and dagger thing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily put together that it was her even after she started using her powers. I was like, is she in the trees? Mm-hmm. And this <laughs> other person is just like a helpless. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then uh, eventually I got off the drugs and everything clicked. And I will say this much. Uh, how do you pronounce De- Deulis? Deulis. Okay, Deulis' work, I... Really, really enjoy it, particularly the like shadow play and and the light, the lighting in this uh, in this issue. There's a, a page where she is walking through a park. It's probably Central Park for all I know, mm-hmm. and the light shining down through the trees and onto her hair and onto her jeans and her shirt is just absolutely amazing. And then there's another moment where she's talking to like shady government man and he's doing that thing where they go over to the Venetian blinds and they talk to the blinds <laughs> and, the, and the sun's coming in, and, you know, with nothing to go on. We can't anyway, uh, really, really enjoy that kind of stuff. I didn't necessarily put it together that it was the same artist as, uh, the one on Jessica Jones. But once I'd made that connection, I really, I settled into the book once the spy stuff, had kind of run its course, at least um, in like where you start to get to see Sue being a little bit more familiar as she makes her way around to everyone, the kids mm-hmm. and Reed and Johnny and, and Ben and everything. And I was like, ah, there she is. And then I kind of realized what this book was going to be about. And I got really excited. And yeah, the hook at the end is a lot of fun that this I didn't see it coming. And now I am doubly interested uh, considering that this character uh, just finished up a really, really amazing run. So it's cool to see where that story continues with this. Mm. Uh, and I think that's all I got for that. I read it at the very beginning of the week, and I was like, that was really cool. And then I didn't get the chance to read it again. So uh, for Catwoman, though, Bob, it sounds like that's been a lot of fun for a while. I guess I need to go back to that. Yeah. It's, the only sad part is the... Actually, the, the, other, the real sad part is I have the funny feeling it is going to go away once we start getting into other stuff. In that Joel Jones has ended up doing art on about half the issues. Her writing is great. Mm. Her art is otherworldly. And I'd like to see more art than just the covers. But the story's been great. And again, it's 13 issues worth of the, the mystery of Via Hermosa and who runs the political backstory of what's happening in the city and her Selena finding her way by herself was the perfect antidote to the way her story ended over in Batman. All right. I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. All right. I will, um, there'll probably be a bunch of, uh, San Diego comic-con sales happening over the next week. So perhaps I will, uh, use that to pick it up. All right, Joey. Yes. Are you ready? Dum dum. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm putting five minutes on the clock for you and go. I'm going to start with Event Leviathan, number one Ooh. and two. Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maley. Look, bottom line, 
I have no idea what Leviathan is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been reading action comics. I don't know what's going on. All I know is it's Bendis and Maylee. I really like that event Leviathan one shot thing that they put out a couple of weeks ago. So I was like, let me check this out. So I read one and two. I'm actually enjoying it. Uh, the bottom line is like um, Argus and T.E.O. and Cadmus, all those like mm. entities or whatever got blowed up. They're all what? gone. Everything's gone. Amanda Waller got kidnapped. Lois Lane's spy dad got shot. I, 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 nobody knows what's going on. So Batman is at the fore here, and he's like, I got to get all the detectives together and figure this out. So Lois Lane's there. The question's there. Plastic Man shows up because he's a gumshoe as well, you know? And they, he's getting all the, all the team together to figure out what the heck Leviathan is. Which is great because, again, I don't know what it is, and nobody does. So the whole book is kind of trying to figure out what this 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 thing is. And this is kind of the big summer crossover for DC. I like it. Bendis and Maylieve are one of the best teams historically, you know. So uh, I, I'm in to see. You know, I want to I, I want to I want to see how the mystery plays out. Um, and obviously having this whole detective angle is, is very interesting. Some really crazy stuff happens in issue two that brings you right up to a cliffhanger and you just want issue three to, to see where it goes. Uh, similarly, criminal number six, Edward Baker, Sean Phillips and Jacob Phillips on art uh, and colors. Um, this one is all about Teague Lawless and he's in love. Ooh. Um <laughs> Uh, and of course he's in love with a girl who's in love with his partner and things go south for his partner and things go just gets bloody and and crazy stuff goes down there are great lines in here that only ed brubaker could put together for a book like criminal things like she spent money like it had an expiration date oh so good (laughs) come on how could you not that's so good um, takes us right up to the shocking ending of the previous issue as well. Things are not what they seem in criminal land. Um, the thing I will say about Baker and Phillips' work here on Criminal is it uh, it is it feels fresh and new, partly because I think the colors are so vibrant under um, Jacob Phillips. So mm-hmm. cool to see the two working together, father and son. Um, he's using pinks and blues that, frankly, you know, I love Breitweiser's work uh, on the original series, but but uh, it's, it has new life here under Jacob Phillips, too. I have not had the chance to check out Too Old to Die Young on Amazon Prime yet, which Edward Baker did uh, write, um, but I shall uh, very, very soon. Um, I also read Ghosted in L.A., number one, uh, by Sina Grace and Siobhan Keenan with Kathy Lee. The artwork is like equal parts Snot Girl and Avant-Garde. This is for Kaboom uh, Boombox, so you know, obviously, it's got that style to it. Um, it's all about Daphne. Daphne's going to college in L.A. pretty much just because her boyfriend is also going to college in L.A., which is never a good reason good to go choice. to college. No. Um, she gets there and things kind of suck. She's got a sucky roommate. She's got sucky new friends. And guess what happens with that sucky boyfriend? He breaks up with her right away. Um, so she's ghosted in L.A. Get it? She's stuck in L.A. That's like, okay, anyway. Her former BFF totally called this before she left. She said that Daphne lives her life according to what others say and not on her own terms. And in a fit of existential despair, Daphne wanders into one of those big mansions that are all over L.A. and finds herself literally surrounded by ghosts. If that's not a hook, what, what else do you need? It's so good. So funny. 
Um, and a lot of really great humor there, great setup, and I definitely am here for the series. I love Sign of Grace, and like I said, the artwork is totally awesome. Um, but the thing I spent all week rereading just so that I could read Giant Size Ecstatics number one that came out this past week is I reread all of Pete Milligan and Mike Allred's um, Ecstatics run. How uh, much is that? Uh, no way. Was, I'm was, looking at that right now, dude. You X read that whole thing? X-Force numbers 116 to 129 from 2001 to 2002. Ecstatics numbers 1 through 26, 2002 to 2004. <laughs> Wolverine slash dupe number 1 and 2 from 2003. <laughs> Ecstatics presents Dead Girls numbers 1 through 5 from 2006. And I just read Giant Size Ecstatics number 1 from 2019. Which, <laughs> surprise... <laughs> is set up for a new Ecstatics spinoff run from the team, which is crazy awesome. and wonderful. Um, the thing I didn't realize uh, is, yeah, it's Milligan and Allred, right? That's who we associate most with the book. But Nick Dragota and Darwin Cook also had runs on Ecstatics as well, um, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool to see. I reread all of Ecstatics and the entire series on Marvel Unlimited. I do have the Omnibus, which is where I first read it. Both are beautiful. Um, Ecstatics, for those that don't know, X-Force used to be Cable and Boom Boom and Warpath and everybody doing like, oh, mutant militant stuff, big muscles and no feet. Um, (laughs) And... And then what happened when Joe Cassata came in was he he wanted to revamp that book and he got Milligan to do his kind of postmodern surrealist uh, shtick with with uh, mutants and um, there came Ecstatics. Uh, basically, it's a meditation on celebrity and uh, what it means to be a famous superhero. Very postmodern. Very a lot of social criticism in in what Milligan's doing with these characters. These heroes, quote unquote, that make up ecstatics are pretty much just in it for the money. They're, it's like a, basically a big reality show. They get sent on these missions, dupe films them. Um, and the whole hook that people still talk about is that people died all of the time in ecstatics. People just get every couple of issues, someone bit it, you know, and, and that wasn't something you necessarily saw in superhero books, but Milligan and Elred weren't afraid to do that. Um, the characters are great. You go girl, dupe, um, anarchist, Mr. Sensitive, or sorry, the orphan, um, El Guapo, Spike fat comes from this one, which was, you know, this dude who like could control his body mass and become like really big and like, it's kind of gross, but, um, Venus de Milo, it's just a fantastic cast of characters. Um, that was the perfect compliment to what Grant Morrison was doing over in new X-Men. Uh, I love it. It's funny. It's pulpy. It's poppy. Uh, if you have Marvel Unlimited, go back and read it from the top. It took me a week to just read straight through it. Um, and the most recent issue, Giant Size Ecstatics, um, is, is like in classic Ecstatics fashion, is a commentary on legacy characters. And characters that are like, oh, yeah, he has a son from this unknown relationship from that was never in the books, but we're retconning it because we want to relaunch the story. So we need to make a character up that looks exactly the same. Giant size ecstatics. Yeah, so like that's kind of what's going on in there. And then you get to the end of the book 
and uh, it has that same wit and same crackle that that the original run had. Um, and you get to the end of the book and you find out there's going to be more. And, and that was so, so cool to see. Um, I love the book. I love the hook. I love the, the concept of it. I think that Peter Milligan is such a fantastic writer. And obviously, as we've talked about on the show time and time and time again, um, the All Reds are just the best, you know. Um, and anything to read them just going ham on some really weird, bizarre characters. One of the characters, like, his superpower is, like, his sweat has magical powers. They're, like, super, like, crazy (laughs) powers. So, like, he just, like, throws sweat on people, and, like, they die. Uh, And that's that's what happens. It is a hot mess of a book, and um, I love it. I love it so much. And that's my... Lightning round. I have um, a question. Oh, okay. As someone who's only read about three issues of this ecstatic stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get something out of the giant size? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, it is a jumping on point, as they say in the biz. Uh, <laughs> um. I do. I hey, if you have some time, go back and 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 read it. Uh, I I really liked. I will say the only thing that I didn't necessarily like was Ecstatics presents Dead Girl, uh, numbers one through five. It was like a Doctor Strange team up with Doctor Strange and Dead Girl, and it was like commentary on like characters that are just revived all the time, you know. And uh, I didn't like it as much as the kind of main series, uh, but it was cool seeing the characters again. Um, but I love that that just main ecstatics run. The last five issues of that of the uh, ecstatics book is ecstatics versus the Avengers. It's so funny! It's it's fantastic. I'm astonished that you read all of that stuff, man. I'm looking at that omnibus right now, and that is a phone book. Yeah, well, I mean, like you like you can't stop reading it. Like, first of all, it looks amazing. Allred, Dragota, Cook, like those are some of the best artists ever. Um, and Milligan's just a really poppy writer. You just kind of just eclipse along and you want to know what characters are going to survive and have fun. Um, and obviously dupe is an icon of, uh, (laughs) of, of comic dumb, please. That's awesome, man. I have such a, such a fondness for that series and particularly the, the omnibus that I have, because I believe that it was like the first big purchase mm-hmm. or the first like, oh, my God, I have to have this purchase when uh, Bronwyn and I started dating and she brought me to Heroes and I saw like their their uh, pre-read section and everything like I got that that collection for a song. And I remember like being on the plane and reading it, waiting in the airport, waiting for her to pick me up and yeah. just devouring it in that uh, in that one trip. So uh, I feel you on the whole not being able to put it down thing. It's fantastic, and it, it's a reminder, too, because I do have the Omnibus as well, that mm-hmm. there was a stretch of time where, like, I was all about that Omnibus life. And now I have, <laughs> I, and now I have Marvel Unlimited, so, like, I can just read it all there, which is totally fine, and I love doing that. And I love the, like, 50 million comics that they have on their online um, app. But... Same thing, you know, I, one of the first big purchases I ever made, like, with my own money was, like, that Ed Brubaker Captain America Omnibus. And I hunted down that Alias Omnibus. And I hunted down that Iron Fist Omnibus because I wanted to have them collected 
mm-hmm. in those beautiful hardcovers, you know. Um, and I have the whole Daredevil run from Bendis through Boo Baker out there as well. And the one that I, I should get that I haven't gotten is the Hawkeye one, the Fraction Hawkeye. Um, oh, yeah. That's one that I should get, and I just haven't. Uh, the Grant yeah. Morrison New X-Men. Like, when I got that one, I was like, holy God, this is – I've always wanted this, you know. Um, yeah. It's cornerstones of my collection, those Omnibuy. Nice. Nice, nice. Sarah. Hi. Hi. Would you like to do a lightning round? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I? Yes, you can. Woohoo. <laughs> We're excited. You have five minutes on the clock. Go. Okay, my lightning round this week is a little bit all over the place, so please bear with me, no pun intended. I'm starting with an 80s nostalgia trip because I understand that those are all the rage at the moment and the cool kids are doing them. Um, Speaking of rage, Grumpy Bear plays quite the major role in Care Bears Unlock the Magic from Matthew Ehrman, Nadia Shamas, Agnes Garboska, Silvana Brees, and Krista Meisner. Um, I posted about this on my Instagram over the weekend and I just got loads of random questions from people asking about it. They either didn't know it had coming out or they were asking whether it's worth picking up. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of undecided. I believe it's a three-part miniseries. Um, so there was a lot of exposition squeezed in and some of it was a little bit clunky. The art from Agnes Garboska is, of course, super cute. And the whole book is a total nostalgia trip. But at the same time, it is completely insane. It's really, really trippy. I had to read it a couple of times to work out what on earth was happening. There's a lot of primary colors going on. Um, It's not up there with the recent Rainbow Bright series for me. It certainly doesn't reach the dizzying heights of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. But it is a sweet little reality break nonetheless for anyone who grew up with Sunshine Bear and all of their friends. Um, A book that is not a reality break and is about as different from Care Bears as I could find is Bitterroot Red Summer Special from David F. Walker, Chuck Brown and a whole raft of artists that I will name check on social media, but it will basically take the next five minutes for me to cover them all here. This book contains six stories filling in some of the history of the Sangayo family. Um, But yet again, the back matter can explain the book better than I can. And I quote, Bitterroot takes place during the Harlem Renaissance of the 1920s. It is a series that mixes steampunk, magic and history together for a rich narrative focused on the Sangayo family and their uphill crusade against evil. Within the Sangayo family, there are differing approaches on how to deal with their demonic prey. Ma Etta, the matriarch, believes humans possessed by evil can be cured. Other, more militant members of the family, like Ford, believe the only way to help the possessed is to purge them from existence. While Etta and Ford are set in their ways, the three younger members, Blink, Berg and Cullen, are trying to find their own position when dealing with the family business. Um, That's a quote from Dexter Nelson II in Bitterroot, Dragging Up America's Darkest Days, which is the back matter essay in this book. Um, This one shot gives us some insights into all the approaches the different family members have. We kind of get to spend a little bit of time with each of them. I particularly loved the story we had with Blink. Um, They kind of take us from Maryland in 1850 through to Harlem in 1924 and then on to... 
somewhere else entirely but i'm not going to give that away because the red summer special brings a whole new level of mythos to the bitterroot world and i absolutely love this book i've made no secret of how much i enjoy it i would love for everyone to experience this new part of this world for themselves um Next up, I'm taking a diversion to Kickstarter Town, which is something I've just invented. <laughs> Firstly, to mention Breaks by Emma Vicelli and Malin Ryden. I spoke about this book a few weeks ago. I said that the Kickstarter was coming up for the um, printed edition of the second volume. The Kickstarter campaign, which full disclosure I have backed, is now fully funded. Um, but it never hurts to go for some stretch goals and the more people that see and read this utterly gorgeous and slightly broken love story, the better. I also want to give a mention to Bette Noir from Mad Robot Comics, who are the publishers behind the book Cadavers that I featured recently. Um, but this book's actually written by Andrew Clemson of Star Bastard fame. And I have name checked him specifically because I like saying Star Bastard oh, fame. Um, Bet Noir is a revenge story set in a world where the age of heroes has been long forgotten. A catastrophe many years ago forced the costumed both heroes and villains alike out of the light into the shadows. One man returns from legend to punish those responsible. The most feared vigilante of days past. The Jinn. Which I kind of feel the need to point out is spelled D-J-I-N-N, not uh, G-I-N. Not like a herbal alcoholic drink. Anyway, um, back from his supposed death to exact revenge on his betrayers, is the man in the costume the same as he was all these years ago, or is he something altogether different? Dun dun dun. Um, Correct. The first 12 (laughs) pages are available to view on the Kickstarter page. Um, They are making me intrigued to read the rest of the book, which is clearly what they've been put up for. The Kickstarter is for the first issue of the six-part miniseries. Um, but every book I've read from Mad Robot, all of which I believe are edited by Matt Hardy, has had a heavy dose of humour in it, uh, somehow sex noises. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping for more of that from this book. And then finally, I don't know if anyone else has been keeping up with the extended Black Hammer universe, but I have. I've got literally every single book in the Black Hammer universe. So, of course, I picked up Black Hammer Justice League Hammer of Justice, um, which is getting points for the longest, most ridiculous title. Um, This book is incredibly snarky and sarcastic, and I really wasn't expecting that. It's almost like Jeff Lemire, Michael Walsh, and Nate Piekos were taking the mickey out of all of the other books that they've written before or all the other books that come in this universe. Um, It was very strange, but kind of in a good way. I like a bit of snark. Um, Not a huge amount happened in the first issue, but it was damn pretty. And, oh, my life, does Walsh make Wonder Woman look built as fuck? She looks so muscular and strong. I am 100% here for it. Um, If you haven't been keeping up with Black Hammer, it's probably an easy pass. But if you're a fan of Golden Gale and Barb Alien and all the others, then it's definitely worth giving it a whirl. I want to see where they're going with it. Um, And obviously, we are supposedly getting a Black Hammer TV show of some form. So it would be nice to know if that's in any way going to tie in with the greater DC universe. Um, Really pretty book. Like I said, not a lot happens. And it's kind of obvious what's going to happen right from the get-go um 
but it is so pretty and golden gale is absolutely hilarious as a 60 year old superhero trapped in the body of a 10 year old girl who still wants to go out and drink and smoke and pick up middle-aged farmers so um yeah (laughs) that gets awkward for everybody and that's me done wow wow i'm interested in definitely in in bet and why yes some more about that how do we how do we lead into that exactly Um, this new world of theirs they've they've basically just kind of started it from scratch it's 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 a very pretty book to look at um it's got that sort of superhero vibe to it i will send out um bob i will send you a link to the Kickstarter. Um, See if you, it, go ahead. Go ahead this is a story best described as a cross between Payback, Red, John Wick, and Polar by way of, okay, yes, the guy who dresses like a flying rat and punches clowns. So if you like. Uh, that's, that guy. <laughs> that guy. So if you like stories about writing wrongs or wronging rights, uncovering mysteries, or just men in capes kicking people in the head, this could be the book for you. Um, so I will send the links out. I will post the links on my social media. This one isn't fully funded yet. They're about £500 off their goal. Um, but it looks very pretty. And yeah, I just, I want to read the rest of it. And the the preview pages, I think, are very good. And literally, you get to the end of the preview pages and you go, oh, because they give you a little <laughs> cliffhanger on them. Yeah. How's that? That's how you do that. Done there? Um, it's, it's definitely a, um, a somewhat tongue-in-cheek approach to, uh, to superheroes. Um, it's, it's, it's not taking itself too seriously, I would say. Um, but then again, it, it comes from a man who wrote a book called Star Bastard. So right. really, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I'll send links out. I'll post it on social media. Um, it's definitely worth looking at. It looks funny and I want to read it. So everyone mm. needs to pay for it. Everybody needs yes. to pony up and make sure Sarah <laughs> gets her book. It sounds like a yeah, plan. That's pretty much where I'm going with that one. Yeah. I... Yeah. Love checking those Kickstarters out. One of my issues, though, is they really, really get you on the uh, shipping if you live outside of the area. So you end up paying whatever your conversion is, plus all the shipping fees. And before you know it, like a $40 donation has turned into $90. Yes. And it's uh, it's rough business. Which pains me greatly. Um, Although, having said that. Having said that, I um, did speak to the chap from Mad Robot and I might be able to get a couple of copies of the Cadavers book and bring them with me later in the year. And Steve, I will then... Yes, Bob, one is for you. And Steve, I will post you on because everybody needs somehow sex noises. Uh, Save it. If you do get your hands on those, what I would do maybe is save it until you're in the States and then send it from from there. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah. Sounds like a good one, uh, I guess. Go ahead. It just struck me, though, that uh, anyone ever read Fallen Angel by Peter David years and years ago, about 20 years? I don't think so. A long time ago. It was, he said no, but it might have been a follow-up to his Supergirl run. Yeah. Where there's this weird town that exists sort of between dimensions called Bet Noir. And this character, Lee, 
who has some superpowers, sort of the way Peter Supergirl did, ends up being the arbiter of justice and who gets to go where in this weird little place where evil kind of rules and has a bartender named Adolf and it was... <laughs> it, it, it was at DC and then it went to IDW. I think it was J.K. Woodard doing the rather painterly art. I've got to go find those now. I have to watch the movie Bet which is around here somewhere, too. <laughs> you got me, Sarah. Yay! Every week. Yep. Never fail. That's what I'm here for, folks. Spending mm-hmm. all your money. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's my turn, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know where the timer went. There it is. All right. I'm going to put five minutes on the clock for myself. And go. So just a quick word. Uh, Bronwyn and I finished up our Lucifer binge. We are all caught up, waiting, eagerly waiting, season number five. And I'll take this time really quick to mention to everybody that, yes, indeed, we are going to be joined by Joe Henderson and Lee Garbay of Skyward fame uh, over the weekend. And we'll have that interview podcast for you as a bonus next week. So definitely, definitely check that out. And moving on, we started watching Jessica Jones. I only watched the first episode, but I liked it. And I'm going to keep going. I also did a, I've been doing a lot of rereading uh, for these past couple of weeks. And I read Redneck. Numbers one through 20 Ooh. from Donnie. Yeah, Donnie Cates. And I don't have the artist name because I didn't take notes for this. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it super, super much. Um, it's really good. If you want to read a vampire story that is violent, filled with expletives and is really riveting and just characters that you love they could go at any minute and some of them do and there was one character that went and i was devastated i was very very upset i felt it for like three issues I was like why why are you taking him away from me he was so cool anyway uh really great vampire drama and just for 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 a genre or a creature that has been done to death in so many medias manages to feel fresh in many ways and uh really great cliffhangers at the end of of many of the issues too it always keeps me coming back for more i'm all caught up now and uh looking forward to the next issue and it sounds like it's gonna go for a little while i'm gonna make a little bit of a prediction here redneck eventually will be picked up for some kind of television series because it is begging for it all right, what else do I got here? Uh, I reread Skyward, but we'll talk about uh, that more when Joe and Lee uh, join us on that podcast. I have one more thing that I read just last night and this morning, and I'm really glad that I did. And I apologize to Joey because I don't remember you talking about this on the show, but you said, Is it a did. criminal book that I held? Yes, I talked about it. On the I know. Show. And I just, I didn't even know that this came out in single issue format. I thought that this was just a collected graphic novel thing. Anyway, before I use up all my time here, uh, I'm talking about Bad Weekend. Uh, I guess the collected graphic novel written by Ed Brubaker with art by Sean Phillips and colors by Jacob Phillips, framed as a criminal novella. Bad Weekend is the tragic tale of Hal Crane, a cantankerous old comic book artist whose work is hailed as some of the best ink ever to be put to paper. And Jacob, 
Crane's former assistant, who, in doing a favor for an old friend, is tasked with escorting Hal to a comic fest ceremony where he'll be given a Lifetime Achievement Award. As Jacob begrudgingly babysits his former boss and hero, he comes to discover that the man is even more miserable than when they had uh, fitfully parted ways so many years ago. There's an anger to Hal, a sadness that seems to have infected nearly every aspect of his life, especially his relationship with the comic book industry. Burned by studio executives, crooked publishers, and so-called friends looking to turn a profit from his life's work, Hal goes in search of a batch of original pages that he can't bear to have end up in the wrong hands. The search leads Hal and Jacob down a dark path filled with stories about comics professionalism and how, if you're not careful, the industry we all love so much is bound to get you killed. Unsurprisingly, I know, right? I was kind of proud of that one when I wrote it. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, I got 57 seconds. I'm going to run out of time, so I'm just going to stop it. Uh, unsurprisingly, Bad Weekend is another stellar installment of Brubaker and Phillips's Criminal Universe. While not nearly as violent or intricate as past chapters of the series, the story still delivers that rich sense of atmosphere and killer character development that's been a primary reason for my returning to the title time and again throughout the years. Knowing how established Brubaker and Phillips are in the comics arena, I thought it was really interesting to see them use the con circuit as a setting for their latest noir. Or crime story, whatever. Uh, Reading it, I couldn't help but feel as if the duo were using Howell and Jacob as a cipher for their own laments about the comics industry. And how although we all like to think that our favorite pros are heroes, some of them have paid a hefty price on their journey toward being remembered. As for the art, it's just as gritty and atmospheric as you would suspect with Jacob Phillips's uh, with Jacob Phillips positively owning the color department with a rich palette of bold hues that cake the book in sweat, smoke, liquor stains, and dreams that only a life spent drawing comics could dash. If you dig Brubaker and Phillips's work, adding Bad Weekend to your collection is a no-brainer absolutely positively pick it up that was good that was a good pitch yeah they should uh should let me write the the back of the book (laughs) (laughs) comics industry you love so much is bound to get you killed bad weekend how come their stuff hasn't been um adapted into any kind of film or television yet i mean doesn't like does anybody know well, he Brubaker does. He's he's getting more into the screenwriting thing. Like I said, he's got that Amazon Prime series with uh, Nicholas Wendig Griffin, or however you say right. his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it dropped this past week or, or something. So I think he's doing that. But I think they're keeping Criminal Criminal. I think they're. I don't think they're. I don't think they're moving that out to uh, other media. Hmm. I'm surprised that like the fade out or uh, or even Fatal hasn't ended up being something. I see. I could see Fatal as a series and the fade out as a film. Yeah, fade out was awesome. I need to reread that. I love fade out. I have it here somewhere. I'll have to take a look. Anyway, yeah, bad weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry that I didn't remember you talking about it, but I really dug it. It's. Uh, you know, I think I've read, with the exception of the back end of Criminal, I know that I've read at least half of it. I'm pretty much caught up on all of their collaborative works. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, I mean, I'm not going to order them or anything, but I think Bad Weekend might be toward the the top of my list. Maybe not number one with a bullet, but definitely within the top three for sure. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really, they do that thing that they do so well, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I just, every time that I pick up one of their books, there's enough similarities where where they're they're roping a lot of things into this shared universe that they've created over the years and even if we don't run into the same characters as in the other books it always feels like you're in that world like they could walk into the bar at any moment mm-hmm. and i love that about their stuff you always feel like whatever story they're telling it's just happening somewhere else you know, it, it's in the city next door or something like that where this is going down. And meanwhile, so-and-so and what's-her-face are getting shot mm-hmm. elsewhere mm-hmm. And, and whatever. Um, and it just feels it feels lived in and it feels real. And, you know, they, they take you back to these times and they paint you this really, really gritty-ass picture with these hardened, like, hard-boiled gumshoes and miserable ass drunks that are trying to solve a mystery and it just it's so authentic and it and it it, it's so well written and so well realized through all the the art and having the same team on so many things just really lends to creating universe kind of like how uh fiona staples and brian k vaughn have with uh saga so killer be killed is Evidently going to be a film written oh. by Dan Casey. Mm. In 2017, they were doing development on Velvet as a TV series. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yes. But I haven't heard anything else about that. I want no. Kate Beckinsale as Velvet. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I think that I think that they write for comics. And I I think that um they don't write their comics with the intention of them becoming films or getting picked up, which unfortunately I feel like a lot of books nowadays yeah, like yeah. are used as kind of uh, story pitches to get picked yeah. up. Um, but a five issue pitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Brubaker and Phillips think like that. Yeah, that's them. one of the one of the questions I, th- I think I'm going to have for uh, Joe and Lee with uh, with regards to Skyward. Um, if that was written specifically or, or the number of issues that it was, was the idea of selling it, which it, it is being turned into a film uh, by the same guy that did Rampage, Peyton Reed. So look forward to that. Peyton I, Reed, our friend from Ant-Man. Yeah, I like yeah. how you said, like, from Rampage and not like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I might be getting the name wrong. Let me look it up really quick. Um, might be doing an FF movie. Let's, either let's way... I thought that Rampage was a blast. I unabashedly love that movie. Let's see here. Um, I could be. I could be getting. I think it's a similar. Oh, Brad Payton. I knew it. I knew. I don't I know who that is. Okay, no. Peyton Reed is the Ant Man guy, and Brad Payton is country singer. The Rampage oh, that's Brad guy. Paisley. I'm sorry. Yeah, he also did Skyscraper uh, with oh. Dwayne Johnson that nobody else liked that I thought was okay. And uh, I have a soft spot for The Rock. I can't help it. Uh, what else did he do? Let's see here. Uh, San Andreas, Frontier <gasps> with Jason Momoa. Does he, does he do nothing but Dwayne The Rock Johnson movies? Nah, he's got he's got 17 director credits. He's, he's okay. done 
a lot of stuff. Anyway, more about the ooh San Andreas too. <laughs> uh, Journey to the Mystery Island, Dogs and Cats, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Oh boy, I like it. I like it. Let's give, let's give it a shot. <laughs> All right, super quick or not super quick. We'll see how it goes. Let's move into open discussion and talk about War of the Realms. Omega. Omega. Yes, this is by various hands, as they used to say, diverse hands. It is a collection of short stories that both tie up the loose ends of War of the Realms, as well as springboarding some new series and new storylines going to happen. Here's the thing. This could be or could have been a $5 book that we bought that was sort of a giveaway that they threw in the store and one of those, oh, this is what you should be buying next. But with Jason Aaron and Al Ewing, Jerry Dugan involved, we got a series of really important, impactful, funny, emotional stories featuring the characters we just have gotten to know and love and get aggravated about because Loki's involved in the War of the Realms and there are other various books and I I thought it a really nice value the for me you know everyone's gonna pick a story I hope but there's the job I have to do which is Al Ewing Jason Aaron Kafu and Jesus Arbutov which is the Jane Foster springboard where we see how it is that she will become just a month from now Mm -hmm. the Valkyrie and the moment where she makes this decision. I want to help to heal him. He's speaking about Thor heal them all. If Asgard needs a Valkyrie and then we get rising Brunhilde and, and it's, it's, it is Lady in the Lake. It is all the great it's things you want to see. For, it yeah, it's what do you want to see from from a mythology? And Aaron, Jason, Aaron, if he's been aiming at this for all these years, boy, he made this pay off. And I was, uh, you remember, it's why I'm going to dive deeper into this. So I, I love Brunhilde. I've been a fan of that character since back in Avengers '83, even though it was the Enchantress doing it. And I loved what. Aaron, what we had in um, Fearless Defenders, and that we never quite let Cullen Bunn finish his story. Well, this may be why, and this this is pretty pretty darn good. I I really enjoyed this issue. What did everybody else think so far of what they had or what they have as a favorite? I'm really digging the idea. I need to find out the. First of all, I need to figure out the pronunciation of the new weapon, but. Oh, I think it's Undrajarn. Yeah, that, what you just said. The all-weapon. The all-weapon. The all-weapon. That thing is pretty cool, considering (laughs) that she can, like, meld it into whatever she needs. It's pretty awesome. And, yeah, I gotta say, for, for like, a let's wrap this up, let's introduce you to a couple of new things that are going to be coming out. I mean, I was already on board for the new Loki series, which actually yes. uh, starts this week. And it's from mm-hmm. the McElroys who did that fantastic war of the realms tie in with the baby and the, the cross country road trip and, 
everybody, uh, Kate Bishop and everybody trying to protect uh, Thor's uh, sister. And so that's going to be, I hope, a lot of fun. And uh, the start to that was kind of cool. I was really, really touched by the Daredevil and Heimdall stuff. Yeah, yes. I agree. At the beginning and the end of this. I mean, for all the, for all that this was very cool and it got me excited for what's to come, like that, those two bookends to this issue, I thought were the strongest uh, entries into this. And uh, really, really just kind of got me right in the heart. And I'm, I'm sitting in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings waiting for my food. And I'm reading this issue and they're like calling my name and I'm so, so absorbed in the issue that I didn't hear them for the first minute. And they had to walk over to me and be like, your food's ready. I'm like, I have feelings right now. I don't need my giant pretzel. Fine. <laughs> you do. You always need um, a giant pretzel. And I have to admit, I will, every time that they introduce Punisher into this story, I laugh my ass off with his war journal narration and him taking a blowtorch to a fallen frost giant and him being like, chow down because yeah, yeah. it's going to be a little tough to come by for a while. And all these people that have just seen the War of the Realms that survived guys already got like a bowie knife in his hand and this is crazed look in his eye and he's gonna carve him up some freaking frost giant yeah it's, why not oh it's crazy it's crazy i uh look i thought that this event was incredible as as a an end to all of the jason aaron thor stuff and just as something wacky and and bringing in all these characters and and some of the spinoffs were were really fun to read um as far as events go i thought it was a huge success and uh i really really look forward to like i'm thinking about picking up all this crap even the punisher kill crew even though i really don't approve of crew being spelled with a k i think it's a little bit well are you not a fan of the scroll kill crew spelled with k's come on I don't know much about the scrolls, Joey. Other than like recent times, I man, I need a you get I need on a that scroll crash course. You gotta man. get on that scroll kill crew uh, train, man. It's where it's at. Three D man. Need, Bob knows where what was it's it. At. Secret oh, Wars the was their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the scroll invasion thing? Yeah, that was the most recent. Mm. Somebody needs to tell me what the what is the definitive scroll story. Besides the uh, Meet the Scrolls. The Kree Scroll War. War, Fantastic Four stuff. The Secret Invasion. Yep. There you go. And Scroll Kill Cruise number one through five. (laughs) Uh, Does anybody else have any thoughts for uh, War of the Realms Omega number one? I thought it was cool for all the same reasons you brought up. Um, I agree. I think War of the Realms was a really successful event. Uh... I had not read a lot of the Thor stuff, so I will admit to being a little lost from from time to time. But the scope and scale of it was so ridiculous that I was I was kind of there for it. Um, Omega, I think, sets up some really nice things. I do find it weird Heimdall saying that uh, Punisher is Earth's greatest soldier. Uh, where's Steve Rogers at? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, especially because. Uh, Frank Castle is a murderer. <laughs> um, but 
I loved it. I think it's really cool. I think that Jane Foster is the highlight. Um, and I'm interested to see... Daredevil is one of my favorite characters. So I'm interested to see what happens with his book going forward. Mm-hmm. I want to read... Um, I picked up the first issue of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, but I didn't uh, continue with it. I'll be curious to go back once that's collected and check that out. So, all right. Uh, we have a couple of news items here, but I'm going to make a proposal. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. I know that you are very tired. <laughs> Would you like to check out uh, a little bit early? Yeah, I think I might need to. Sorry. I'm um, I'm actually taking some new medication at the moment, and it's kind of kicking my ass on the tiredness front. Um, okay. And my voice is now just going completely, and I'm, like, dying, basically. All right. Well, Sorry. we don't want you to die, and uh, we want you to have your energy for Sunday. the 400th show on yes. the recording on sunday so why don't you just uh super quick just tell everybody where they can find you on these social medias and then uh you can go have a nap thank you for it is basically a nap as well um so you can find me on all the social medias i am at geek country lady i will also just do a quick shameless plug last friday the latest episode of ladies of valhalla dropped um we chatted to ted brand and rose stein about their work on the eisner nominated crowded um so if you want to please do give us a download and a listen um really good luck to the whole crowded team for the eisners um but yeah, please do give us a listen and let us know what you thought of the show. All right. Okay. Well, Sarah will be back with us for the 400th and for almost all foreseeable podcasts are after. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, Sarah, you have a lovely evening mm-hmm. and uh, we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Speak to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Is she gone? <laughs> all right nice let's see we have some news do 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 all right how many times on this podcast have i said that there needs to be a paper girls television series the answer to that question a lot i said it a lot. and 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 according to deadline in a competitive situation Amazon Studios has landed Paper Girls, a drama based on Brian K. Vaughn's and Cliff Chang's best-selling graphic novel. Uh, project, yeah, yeah, woo! And damn right, uh, Legendary Television and Plan B are the people that are bringing it to you, and it is being written by uh, Toy Story Four co-writer Stephanie Folsom. And she will also executive produce alongside Vaughn and Plan B. My favorite thing about this particular article, and this is not something that you see every day from some of the higher ups in the news industry, especially entertainment news, is whoever wrote this article is obviously a fan of Paper Girls just in the way that they talk about this deal happening and the way that they describe the story of paper girls in this article. I was very impressed. And uh, yeah, so paper girls is going to be a television series on Amazon. Oh my God. I would say you have to be a fan to be able to even try to describe what it's about. So I'm with you. 
Listen to this. Listen to this. I'll read it really quick. The series follows four young girls who, while out delivering papers on on the morning after Halloween in 1988, become unwittingly caught in a conflict between warring factions of time travelers, sending them on an adventure through time that will save the world. All right. It's pretty standard fare. Mm-hmm. As they travel between our present, the past, and the future, they encounter future versions of themselves and now must choose to embrace or reject their fate. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. An emotional adventure in which the girls and the women they eventually become are tough, their friendships are authentic, and their journey through time is epic. I'm crying hearing that. that they is, yeah, read that's amazing. Yeah. Girls. Yes. Absolutely. They read Paper Girls. You don't get things like their friendships authentic and their mm-hmm. journey through time is epic without having actually read the source material. Yeah. This is awesome. This is such great news. You know, every now and again we get to talk about something being adapted to film or television, but for so for at least the past three to four years, we've been saying that this would make for uh, a great uh, film adaptation of some kind, and it's happening at Amazon, which is really promising. Uh, leads me to believe that we'll probably get it all at once, um, at least the first season. Sure. And uh, there are going to be obvious, like there are obviously going to be uh, parallels drawn between this and something like Stranger Things. But with the time traveling aspect and the aliens and the weird references to tech that didn't exist in the 80s, but is now, you know, widely used uh, in today's modern society, it is just going to, they do it right. It's really going to blow people away. And I'm hoping that this ends up being the next big thing whenever it comes out, hopefully maybe toward the end of next year, I, think, uh, I would expect to see this. Yeah. I think also I mean, everybody talks about Netflix and they're like, Oh, stranger things and every, all the hours and hours of, of, you know, original content on Netflix but I think people sleep on Amazon a lot. Um, but they've had mm-hmm. some really awesome stuff. Miss Maisel, obviously. Um, but also Good Omens, which came out. Oh, right? Good yeah. Omens was awesome. It's awesome. And I think that Amazon, you know, puts together some really great stuff. And I think people talk about Netflix. So maybe Paper Girls is the thing that, that gets people uh, paying a little bit more attention to um, the Prime stuff. Yeah, that would be nice. We've also got that uh, TV adaptation FX is doing Why the Last Man with uh, Diane Lane leading the cast among uh, a couple of other people. And yeah, I mean, this is all this is all part of like the first look deal that uh, Vaughn had signed and they've got first dibs on his stuff. And I mean, I would not be surprised if we saw a bunch of things, eventually maybe uh, some kind of adaptation of Saga, even though they've said that they are particularly interested. I mean, if something like if Paper Girls does really well and really takes off and he's very satisfied with it, it could, you know, Fiona and, and Brian could be like, well, maybe. And then they can let me cast it. I got to finish it first. No. No. No, they, they have more than enough material that they could start. Uh, pounding out those seasons for Saga. I don't even know who you would oh, get you to You don't do want that. to be finished. You don't want this to turn to the George R. R. Martin, right, where they overwrite what he did and it all gets goofy going backwards. You gotta backwards. finish it. You gotta finish it. I yeah. want Kerry Joji uh, Fukungawa, the guy that did Maniac for and the new Bond for Saga. I think that would be great. When is Saga coming back? It's been a year. 
Um, it should be before the end of this year, I would think. I know that giant collection of all fifty-four issues is is due any time now. It'll be out before Doomsday Clock. Oh, yeah, yo, whoa, thank you. Uh, I picked up the the hardcover collected book one for Monstrous. It's got eighteen issues in it. It is a beast. I'm excited to pick up uh, the remaining compendiums of Walking Dead now that that's done. Yeah, that was crazy, right? Yeah. I, we didn't even talk about it. That Walking Dead, the proper uh, comic book series, is done. It was just like, yep, it's ending this week. Hey, man, that's how you do it. I Yeah, well, I think that was their best move. They've still got like six different television shows based on the shit coming out. So uh-huh. I think Walking Dead is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chaos mm-hmm. in the stores, though. People went crazy. Yeah. I'm sure they what did. Mean, it's over. Well, Coals everywhere and people... Turning into speculators and rats. So yeah, so all right. So we're all excited for Paper Girls. Obviously, we've got another little bit of news here too. Taika Watati Watiti has been invited back to the Marvel Studios to write and direct Thor Four. Thor Four. Thor Thor Four. Thor Money. I saw. I don't know who it was. Somebody tweeted earlier. If they don't call it Thor, I'm going to be so angry. And it was T-H-O-U-R. <laughs> Thor. I thought that was pretty clever. So Thor. yeah, uh, Watiti is coming back. Unfortunately, this is going to shelve his Akira adaptation for an undetermined amount of time. They were running into some scripting issues, didn't like what they had. And it's just, I guess it's just taking too long. And yeah. Uh, the timetables unfortunately collide if he's going to sign on to uh, Thor 4 and he made the call and so now uh, Akira if it happens at all which it doesn't need to hmm. uh, will happen after Thor 4 and they also say that Chris Hemsworth is expected to come back as Thor so he's maybe signing another contract yeah mm-hmm. which would be really nice and i really I, I really enjoy every time that i watch thor ragnarok i like it more and more every time so yeah i i'm i'm excited to see what uh taika does with another one whether he he brings korg back into the fold cuz he's still around that'll be more fun maybe we'll get a finally get a lady sif uh review yeah True. And I'm just, uh, and maybe um, Tessa Thompson will come back. And I just, I'm excited because I didn't see, I did not see them announcing this. I especially didn't see them announcing anything before San Diego Comic Con later this week. And now here it is getting out in front of the show and announcing this. Like, this is one of the few confirmations that we have about movies coming down the line from them. Yeah, but there's no confirmation of. If and when, you know, like this could be three years from now, Thor 4, you know, Um, and there's no idea of what it's going to be about when it falls. I'm guessing this will be late, mid to late 2021 is my guess for Thor 4. The earliest. The earliest. Who knows? Or maybe they're maybe they're going to fast track this beast. And be like, it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> We've been working we on it for the last six months. Secretly. Yeah, we filmed it in secret. Look, I love Taika. I, I think that he's fantastic. I, and obviously, I love Chris Hemsworth as well. 
there are some moves that they made in Ragnarok that I wasn't so pleased with in terms mm-hmm. of some of the supporting cast. Um, but I'm here for Thor, man. Give me more Thor. Give me Thor 4 more. You think we're going to get uh, get uh, Beta Ray Bill in this one? Oh, I would hope so. Throg. Give me Throg. How funny would it be if they just did like a Princess and the Frog movie, but it was just Thor and Throg. Like that was the whole movie. It was just Thor becomes Throg and then has to become not Throg over the course of the film, but then finds out that as Throg, he's more himself. He's more worthy as a frog. Yeah. Thor 4, War of the Realms. <laughs> <laughs> just right away. Just like, boom. Yep. <laughs> Get uh, What's-His-Face back, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Malachi. Is that his name, the guy that played yeah, yeah, uh, Malekith? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jane Foster. We're getting that yeah. reportment back. Yep. So, so there you have it. There's going to be a fourth Thor movie, uh, presumably with... Chris Hemsworth. I don't know why he'd turn it down. He loves playing the character. I know what they're going to do. They're going to do, they're going to release guardians three and Thor four back to back as mini sequels of each other. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, as guardians of the galaxy. Yep. That's what it's going to be. It's happening. It's it's going to happen. They're going to let James Gunn finish his, uh, guardians nonsense. And then, uh, they'll be like, but really, (laughs) But over here. But over here what is what's really happening. That's that's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Um we gonna yeah, we're gonna skip this other this other little bit. We'll wait for uh more confirmation on that. I think that's it. I think we just gotta talk about uh what's up. We got some big books this week, so Yeah, we're gonna uh, talk about uh what books are coming out on the shelves that we're looking forward to. And uh, Joey, what's on your list? Uh, I got Batman number 75, Bane City, or whatever it's called. I'm still sticking <laughs> with it. I am. I yeah, read 74. It was okay. Yeah, Took some turns. Maybe. Uh, it's just, it's uh, the book is, it's a weird book. It's a weird book, Batman. And uh, I'm kind of here for it. Uh, we talked about Superman's Pal with Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I'll definitely be picking that one up. Age of X-Man Omega number one. Let's see what the whole story is with all this X-Man stuff. Uh, similar vein, Uncanny X-Men number 22, which is the quote-unquote final issue um, of that run before we get into House of X-Powers Man under Hickman. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> And uh, Blade Runner 2019 number one from Titan Comics is coming out, too. Um, The last thing that I will definitely be reading this week is uh, They Called Us Enemy by George Takei, um, which is kind of a semi-biographical graphic novel. Um, So I'll definitely be reading that as well from IDW. All right. Save it for 401. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is a... Yeah, probably very pertinent, very relevant story as well. I'm yeah, this sure. is. A, I just I'm looking at my list, and this is this week is a beast. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of cool glad that stuff. we're not talking yeah. about books. Uh, Bob, what do you got going on? Final issue of Assassination. It's number five. We have the first issue of Wonder Woman Come Back to Me, which is Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, 
uh, Chad Harden, Paul Mounts. It's the thing that was in the dollar comics that were only available at Walmart, now pulled out to do their own little thing there. We have Aquaman 50, which is a big wedding issue, but we're not saying who's getting married. Mera might not marry Arthur. <gasps> These weddings that don't happen, my goodness. We have another finale, Wasp number 10. We have another one, Domino number 5. Domino Hotshots number 5. Also have Invader 7 this week. Captain Marvel number 8 by Kelly Thompson apparently is already $40 on eBay. Okay. They're introducing a character named Star, who apparently from other solicits, people are running around to go buy up every copy they can find. So if you people don't have Captain Marvel on your pull list, you should go put it there quickly or go buy it before they all disappear and you're left hurting to find it. We also have this week the trade paperback collection of what so far has been my favorite miniseries of the year, and that is Black Widow by Jen and Sylvia Soska. And just for fun, Stefan Scherch's Sunstone Calendar comes out this week. Hey. You get 18 months of Sunstone goodness to hang on your wall and hope that the repairmen don't see what's hanging by your telephone. <laughs> Is that where yours will be kept? That's where the last one was, and that's where this one will be going immediately. We have a calendar upstairs that is all the Marvel, well, not all the Marvel characters, but at least 12 of them in uh, various states of undress. They are all male characters. So we have Peter Parker stuck to a wall in a spotlight uh, covering his junk with a Daily Bugle with just the mask on. And uh, Hawkeye wearing a thong and bending over to pick up one of his arrows and so on and so forth. It's amazing. Ronwin picked it up at Fan Expo and we absolutely love it. So good. I, I had I literally did have a repairman comment on a book I had once. It was sitting on my coffee table. I had just been to Salem and picked up a book at the museum about the Salem witch trials and all the political undercurrents and so on and so forth. And so sitting on my my table here, and again, I have a bookcase with a giant Cthulhu painting above it and statues and so on. And now sitting on my coffee table is a book called A Delusion of Satan. <laughs> this poor man comes in to look at my oil burner and he, he, he gives my book and the whole house the stink eye. It's a, oh, don't worry. It's just my uh, light bathroom reading. Yeah, it's, don't worry. Yeah, I, uh, the, don't, don't worry about that, yeah. that cane over there. It was my grandpa's big lion's head on it with the teeth showing and I'm really, I'm not a wizard or anything. I just happen to read stuff. <laughs> All right. My pull list goes as follows. I also have Aquaman number 50, Batman number 75. Collapser number one from Young Animal uh, debuts this week. I am very much looking forward to checking that out. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number one. Assassination number five. Uh, Bobby said Invaders number seven. Yep. All right. Picking that up too. another ending. Little Bird number five. The last issue of that amazing series comes out this week. I got Captain Marvel number eight. Loki number one. I'd mentioned earlier from the McElroys. Definitely picking that up. And of course, Unstoppable Wasp number 10. I know. 
It's finally happening. Ah, if Jeremy didn't have a lot of other things coming out, I'd be even more upset, but oh my God. <laughs> What's the date on uh, uh, Future Foundation? This it is... Uh, isn't it August, August 7th? There you go. Soon, okay. But FF13 is... FF12 is two weeks away, 31st. Mm-hmm. It's a long week. A big, long month. Big honeymoon issue. Yep. All right. Does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? Get yes. hyped for 400, man. That's my closing statement. Ask us questions about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. AMA. Ask me anything. Ooh. I don't know if I want to go that far, but I'll, I'll ask Joey anything. <laughs> um tomorrow for any of you long islanders or in, people in the neighborhood but on the on the 18th in an after hours event up at escape pod comics up in huntington the, he's got tons and tons of blank covers that you can buy at cover price you can draw on them yourself you can do whatever you want and he'll also have a number of professional guest artists including friend of the pod Kristen Godsnuck. <clears throat> so I, I'm going up there. I do think we. I may even see Jess. I have some ideas for uh, blank covers. So, for instance, what if we had a cover of an Avengers book, but we don't? I don't have her draw the Avengers. I have her draw Steed, Mrs. Peter. Going, didn't we do this first? <laughs> or perhaps it's a Hawkeye cover, and it's Hawkeye's in. Kate's in her hip hole suit that everyone's complaining about, and we can draw her next to Mrs. Peel saying, you know, it's a really good outfit. You're fine. Don't worry. I like I got both some of those I- ideas. I got some ideas. Also, how about Doreen trying to talk Mary out of a, Mary from Hench Girl out of a life of crime? So I, I sent some ideas Kristen's way, waiting to hear back. What she, whatever she wants to do, I'll let her do. Stick figures. I would be fine. I have a <laughs> lovely Wonder Woman by her from the last time she was at escape pod. So I'm fully confident in anything I get being lovely and adorable. And her new graphic novel, making friends Two, should be out really soon. I'm hoping maybe she'll have some advanced copies. there. Mm. I think we pre-ordered ours. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to look in my oh, emails. I did too, but I don't mind buying another one. I don't care. Oh yeah. I'm sure I'll be buying more than one and uh, gifting it out to people. I know at Absolutely. least two people that need that book. Okay, let's see here. Uh, so that's all you got, Bob? That's it. All right. I will do the thing one more time. 400th podcast. You're listening to this hopefully on Wednesday. Sunday is our recording date. We are still taking questions, but for a limited time only because we need time to prepare and whatnot. And beyond that, we've got guests next week in Joe Henderson and Lee Garbay. Go and read Skyward because my interview has quite a bit of spoilers because the, the series is over or it will be uh, next week. And yeah, we're going to have a good time. And I mean, my God, 400 podcasts. Woof. We'll uh, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get into it over the weekend for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a talking comics and ladies of Valhalla crossover as uh, all cast members Special guests, yes. from both shows will be present and uh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. And uh, I'm going to try and keep it tight. We'll see what happens. I know that uh, that's not going to work. Things I got to do. Well, no, nah, it's going to have at some point. It's going to have to. <laughs> no, not at this time. There'll be mimosas flowing the whole morning. Uh, be careful. Yeah, All right, Jason mimosas. Am I right? 
Hey, you, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter, where you can tweet us your questions, at Talking Comics. Don't forget to check out talkingcomicbooks.com for reviews from our fantastic contributors. And please check out Talking Valiant D&D Adventure, Bendis Assembled, and of course, the ladies of Valhalla. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com on the old-fashioned email. And Journeyman Joey Bracino. At Joey Bracino. Uh, like Sarah said, she is at Geek Country Lady on the Twitters. Jessica is at Jarsica. I am at Dead underscore Anchorus on the thing. Uh, so for Bob... Hey, Joey, my Captain Marvel viewing counts at 11. Where are you at? Uh, what? Just watched it yesterday again. I'm only at eight right now. Ooh, falling behind. Well, I'm at two. <laughs> Suck it. Two? Yeah, I saw it right. six times in the theater. No, I saw it five times in the theater. Yeah, you keep changing your story, man. I don't know if I can believe you it anymore. Five. It was five. It was five. Mm, I don't know. Save the, did you save those ticket stubs? I did. I did. I can pull it up. I'm pretty sure it's five. It's not that's six. What I want. That's what I want the image for this week's podcast to be. You find them. You take <laughs> I, that did, picture. I did Avengers 2012 six times. Captain Marvel five times. Infinity War four times. Captain Marvel's pretty good. There's one movie from this year that I think I might like a little bit more than it, but we'll see. We'll talk about that in a few months. All right. What? Now that I've brought everything down. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. We will come back next week with our 400th show. Thank you so, so much for listening and for giving us a reason to come back for all these years to uh, make a little uh, entertainment for y'all. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the Talking Comics Podcast. To be continued. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I'm sorry, was that an English accent? No, it was my normal accent. It's Jersey. Jersey, yo. Hey, we're ready over here, all right? Get the hell Forget out of about here. it. All right, right everybody. <laughs> we're back. Bad, Sarah. We're back. Thank you. <laughs> Sarah's going to dazzle us with a lightning round, eh? <laughs> hey, everybody. We are back. Sarah. Uh, actually, I don't have. I need. To, I don't need to say that we're that we're back because Joey's just going to edit it. So let's do that again. Oh God! Oh no! I'm not a magic maker over here. I have to magic here. Notation. <laughs>